Welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's such an honor that you are here. Episode 130. So no matter where this finds you, whether you're watching or listening to this podcast, thank you so much for taking your time to be a part of this. Color and Chaos is just a cry from my heart that there is color that can be found in the difficulty and the hardships and the confusing times of our life. When I look back over my life, I see this pattern that at the time of those difficulties or hardships or challenging situations, I wanted to do nothing else but run away from or numb myself from that which I was going through. But I see this pattern that even though I wanted to do that, that those were the catalysts that produced the most growth within me as a person and the most growth within me when it came to having a deeper and more intimate relationship with my creator, savior, and sustainer. So no matter where today finds you, it would be an honor for me to pray with and for you before jumping into today's episode. So here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much for this opportunity to speak. Thank you for this opportunity for us to be able to breathe, to be able to respond to you. So Lord, help us do exactly that. Lord, help us breathe, help us respond, help us process. Lord, I pray for those that are listening or watching this right now that just have a lot of things going on in their heart, in their mind, in their schedule. Lord, will you please just reveal yourself to them. Reveal yourself to us. We need you. We are nothing without you. Use this time and grow us closer to you. And help us also understand more about ourselves and who you've created us to be. And we need you. We are nothing without you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Words really can't do justice to just how much social media has influenced and impacted each and every one of us. Regardless if you have a social media or not, we have all been exposed to media that was created on a social media platform or created for an audience of a social media platform. From TikToks to Once Upon a Time Vines to YouTube content to even posts and and news updates by friends or family and hearing one thing about somebody that was seen or heard on a social media platform originally, you know, regardless of wherever we're at, regardless if we're on social media or not, social media has impacted each and every one of us. I had a thought recently as I was driving down to go visit my brother who lives a little bit outside Chicago I live a little outside of Detroit, and it's about a four and a half hour drive, and I just had this moment. I don't know if you've ever had this moment, but do you ever have this moment where you just have these these flashbacks of life that kind of just come back to you? As I was driving down to visit my brother, I had one of these random memories come back to my head from childhood, and I can't remember the year. I believe it was around 2003, maybe 2004. But I remember that we were driving as a family in our family van, and at that time we had a conversion van. And so it was like this big van, and I have a lot of siblings, so at this time I had two older siblings and two younger siblings, and one of my siblings, Anton, 
was a little baby. He was a, a toddler, just an infant. And it's interesting that now he's graduating high school as of recording this podcast. But I remember we were driving in this van. It was late night. It was one of those late night trips that my parents were trying so hard just to make it through the night and not stop at a hotel because, of course, stopping at a hotel costs money. And as a big family, we were definitely trying to not use money. It was one of those nights that my mom and dad were switching out driver's seats to try to make it through the night. And I remember both my mom and dad at this point of the night got really, 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 really tired. And I remember my mom speaking to my dad saying, you know, hey, you know, let's just stop for the night. Let's not try to do this. I remember this hotel just being very run down. And it was definitely one of those things. It's like what what you pay for is what you get. And so finally we get a room. And I remember us getting into the room. It was a very small room. And there was two beds in that room, seven people within my family, one of them being a infant. And we had to figure out how we were going to sleep in this little room. And we started laughing, just thinking about how run down this hotel was and just how like crazy it was that, all right, like we're at this random hotel. It's super late at night and now we have to go to sleep. And I remember us just laughing and struggling to go to sleep for a little bit. And it's just this random isolated memory that I had as I was driving down to my brother that that just came to my mind. And as that memory came to my mind, I was just thinking about how many road trips that we took as a family, how many hotels that we stayed at, how many conversations or funny moments or even arguments and frustrations that we've had as a family for all of these years, many of them, if not most of them, gone that I I don't have any recollection of anymore. And that even in that one little isolated memory that I just shared with you, that that was a that was a moment. That is something that happened. Yet it is gone. But each and everything that we have gone through in our life that has got us where we are, each and everything that we've gone through matters. And as I was just thinking about this whole idea that our lives are built upon these memories of, of road trips and dinners and frustrations and dreams and anxious moments and these moments where we felt like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. And even though we live in a day and age of just expressing ourselves to one another, there's this tendency to also hide and to refuse to share different aspects of our lives that we feel like may not be desirable or even beneficial to others. And I feel that we miss in the process of living our lives through this social media lens. We miss this whole idea that the things that sometimes we are scared to talk about, the things that sometimes we are hesitant to share, sometimes those are the things that really matter the most. I feel that there are times where I am just living for the next soundbite. I'm just living for the next highlight. 
I'm living for that next moment that I can share with others that hopefully they will find as interested as I found. Or or maybe I, I just crop and edit things in order for it to be more appealing than what it really was. And and I just find myself sometimes living in this, this world, if a fantasy maybe is the right word, of just living in this like day-to-day, just saying, okay, what matters and what doesn't matter? What is attractive and what is not attractive? What can I share and what, what do I not need to share? What are the things that people will find entertaining and what are the things that people won't find entertaining? What are the things that people will find just appealing and what are the things that people wouldn't find appealing? I find myself going through this whole mindset perspective of my days of just almost like cropping and editing things that I feel that matter and things that don't matter, when in reality, all of it matters. There are things that we don't share on social media. There are things that I don't share on social media. For the most part, the things that we don't share are the ugly, the mundane, the things that we just find are messy or the deleted scenes. When, when somebody's making a movie, you, you shoot all of these scenes and you delete the parts that you feel like take away from the narrative that you want to tell. And so often we live our lives in this social media age, deleting the scenes that don't align with the narrative that we want to show or the narrative that we want to tell others. When in reality, we, for one, are not the director. The director has given us each and every day, not for us to determine what matters and what doesn't matter, not for us to cut away the parts that are not desirable or what we deemed not be desirable, for us not to just look at the different aspects of the things that we feel like others should see about us and what the director is doing. That is not the point. We are not the director. The director has given us each and every day in order for us to surrender it all to him in order for him to tell the narrative that he wants to tell through our lives. There are things that we don't share on social media. There are aspects of this messy, broken, hard, difficult situations and circumstances and moments of our life that we don't share with others because we feel that as a director, it doesn't make sense to share those aspects when in reality, it is those aspects that can point towards not us being the director, but towards the one and only director that is our creator, savior, and sustainer. And as I was just thinking back at that moment of driving in the car, going up to, I feel like it was one of my cousin's weddings, and that this little isolated moment that I'm just thinking about, man, if I, if I had social media at that time, I wonder if that's something I would have shared. And it doesn't really matter. That moment happened. And all the moments of our life has happened. And even the moments that haven't happened yet, they are all important. Could it be that we get so wrapped up in ourselves to the point that we lose track that this is not our story. This is not our movie. This is not our life. Is it possible that we get so wrapped up in self-expression that we fail to see that is not about just expressing ourselves. It's about us knowing who we are in our creator and allowing the creator to share and to speak and to move and to do through our lives what only he can do, what only he can produce, what only he can say through our lives. Could it be that we just get so wrapped up in ourselves that we lose track that this 
life is a gift and this life is an act of worship, could it be that we don't share the messy, the ugly, the difficult, the confusing? Could it be that we don't share those things out of fear of what other people would say or what other people would do? Do we live in this constant state of fear that if I take off my mask and show who I really am, what I really believe, what I really feel, what I'm really struggling with, that I wouldn't be loved or accepted as maybe I feel that I am now? When we live in this constant state of feeling that we only need to show different aspects of our life, we sometimes get trapped in this corner of starting to believe that who we are is what we share or what we produce or who we say we are or what our image is. When in reality, who we are is who our creator says we are and that we are in full display to our creator, savior, sister. There is nothing that we can hide. We are naked when we come into this world and we are naked when we come out of this world. There's a passage in the Bible that goes along with this whole idea that we as people have this tendency to hide who we really are out of fear of what other people say or what other people would do. But this whole idea that we were created to be fully known and to fully know our creator, savior, sustainer. And as we know our creator, savior, sustainer, we live life less revolved around and centered upon what other people think of us. And we live more centered on what our God thinks of us and what our God has desired for our lives in order for us to be able to point back to him. In this passage, Jesus decides to go through Samaria. He didn't have to go through Samaria, but he decided to go through Samaria. And he's sitting beside a well. And as he's sitting there besides the well, he is tired from a long journey. And this is what the text says in John chapter four, verse seven. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, then you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, Do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I will never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus replied, you are right. You don't have a husband, for you had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, this woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here where our ancestors worshipped. 
Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter where you worship the Father, on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar behind at the well and ran back into the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have the kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone else bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. And then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters have paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvest, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you get to gather the harvest. Verse 39, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. I'm going to read that again. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. What stands out to me in this passage is that the woman originally was going to the well in secret because she was worried about other people seeing her. And as Jesus speaks to her, and there could have been all these walls built up between her and Jesus. And even through that conversation, you see some of those walls start to come up of her saying, well, you Jews believe this and worship here. And, and we believe this and we worship here. And Jesus, even though he addressed that, he went to the heart of the matter. And Jesus broke down the walls that were built up between her and other people and her and her God. When this woman met Jesus, she no longer cared about what other people thought of her. But if anything, she went into the village, the same village that she went away from in solitude and secret in order for her to get water because she was worried about people judging her or thinking certain things of her. But she no longer cared about what they thought. She went back into the village and she said, look, let me tell you about someone who told me everything I ever did. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. And I can't help but think that we as people, when we are trying to construct a narrative of what other people think about us and we share different aspects of our lives and we withhold other aspects of our lives, we are failing to really let the Lord use all of our lives to point others to him. 
It blows my mind that in this passage, people came to see Jesus because this woman was no longer afraid of letting other people see the mess that she was. May we not miss that. May we not just live life trying to paint a picture of who we are to others that are not based upon who we really are. Guys, we are a mess. I am a mess. We are broken apart from Christ. That this life that has been given to us is not just the desirable aspects that we should share with others. It's all of it. We should be vulnerable. We should not have a mask. We should be able to say, look, these are the moments of my life and this is how God has met me in these moments of my life. Regardless if it's mundane, regardless if it's ugly, regardless if it's not desirable, in the moments of, of me not being who I've been created to be, in the moments of my weakness, in the moments of my hurt, in the moments of my mess ups, let me tell you about Jesus. Heavy heart, one day, all of this will be done and it won't matter what we post on social media. But what will matter is did we use the moments of our life to point others towards the director that has a plan and purpose for this life that goes far beyond anything that we can share or not share, anything that we can produce or, or try to delete out of our lives from other people seeing. This life is not about us. This life is about others seeing Christ through us. And that includes the messy and the ugly and the undesirable. The moments where we die to ourselves and we no longer care about what other people think of us, we become like this woman. We become a conduit of other people coming to know the Messiah. There are things about my life that are ugly, that are messy. There are struggles that I struggle with that are undesirable and messy. There are addictions in my life that I'm still trying to fight and that I'm bringing in other people that, that can help hold me accountable and help me be who God's created me to be. And at the end of the day, I share all that to say that there is a God that truly is doing a redemptive work within my life. And may anything desirable you see in my life point back to the God who can do something with the mess of my life. <laughs> we are all little kids trying to figure this out. We are all messes. May we not just live this life trying to show and paint a picture that we want to be painted or that we want to show, but may we lay all of our lives down and realize that in the hands of the artists of our God, that he can produce a beauty out of the whole canvas of our lives, not just the little aspects that we desire to share. The things that we are scared to share, the things that God can use to point to himself, to those that are listening or watching this right now, is there aspects of your life that you haven't been completely honest with those around you? Are there aspects of your life that you are cropping or editing out in order to paint a narrative that you want to paint, but you haven't really given thought or even given prayer to saying, God, do you desire to use the messy of my life, the, the brokenness of my life, the struggles of my life in order for others to see you? Heavy heart for those that are listening or watching this. Are there moments of your life that you feel like are mundane, that the Lord can't be in or the Lord can't use, and you feel a pressure to only share the crazy highlights of your life? My heart in today's episode is to tell you, listening or watching this, that we have a God that can use all of our lives to point back to him if we allow him to. 
May we no longer try to live this life trying to paint the narrative that we want to paint and refuse to allow the director himself to produce the narrative that he wants to create. And that includes the brokenness, the mundane, and the messy. Every aspect of our life matters to our God, and every aspect of our life our God can use to point others to himself. I had a couple memories that came to my mind that I wanted to end today's episode with. I remember in seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade, I remember I asked my parents if I could go to a basketball game at my middle school. And at the public middle school that my dad was a teacher at and that I attended school at, I remember going to this basketball game and I didn't really know going into the game which one of my friends would be there. But I remember the desire of my heart in going to this basketball game was to socialize with my friends. I remember I desired to be a part of the the popular kids or the the kids that had more of a social status. And I remember that part of my desire as a seventh grader was to somehow build up my social status amongst my peers. Long story short, I went to this game and I sat with people that I wasn't really close with, but I wanted to be close with in order for me to be a part of this social status that I wanted to be a part of. And nobody really talked to me. I kind of just sat there. And and even though I interacted with those people, those peers, and even though they interacted with me, there was no substance. And I remember that clear as day. I remember leaving that basketball game feeling so inadequate, so discouraged. I remember being frustrated with myself, just feeling like there was something wrong with me that if only I was this or that, then I would have been accepted in the way that I desire to be accepted. If only I was taller, if only I was more handsome. And I remember leaving the gym and all of those people that I was trying to be friends with, they left. And I remember I was also kind of embarrassed because my parents were late to pick me up. And here I am, I feel very discouraged, very embarrassed. And here I am, I'm the last person to get picked up. And I remember sitting outside of a gym and the coach was leaving the gym and he was like, oh, Jonah, is your parents coming? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, well, when are they going to be here? And I remember lying, saying that, oh, they're about to be here. And the coach was like, okay, okay, Uh, do you want me to wait with you? And I was like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And he's like, okay, okay. So he left and it ended up being a lot longer time than what I told the coach and I knew it was going to be. And I remember I sat outside that, that, that gym that just got locked up, all the lights got turned off. I'm sitting outside and it was cold. It was a cold night. And again, I was just having all these feelings of inadequacy and just, if anything, kind of hating my life. And I just felt so lonely, but I had my CD player with me. And at the time I brought one of the CDs that I was listening to a lot during that time. And it was by a band named Angels and Airwaves. And the name of the CD was We Don't Need a Whisper. It was their very first CD. And I had my CD player and I put on this CD. And this was the very first time that I ever felt as if God was speaking to me. Seventh, eighth grade kid sitting there outside the floor of a gym, listening to a band by an artist that does not profess Christ. And God used a song on a CD in order to minister and to meet me where I was and to remind me that there is a bigger story 
and narrative at work and that there was a creator that has a plan and purpose for my life that goes far beyond anything this world can offer. I can easily see Jesus speaking into my moment, reminding me that there is a love that I long for that can only be found through him. I wanted to play this song for you and to bring you into this moment, this mundane moment, a moment that if social media was a big thing during that time, it was not something I would have posted. If anything, it was something that I felt very just like embarrassed by and just defeated and discouraged. Why would I have shared with others that, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of this social group or that I went to this game in order to earn favor with these people? That's not something I would have shared. I, I would have been embarrassed if anybody would have known that. But, but now being removed from the situation, I can see, oh my gosh, I'll, I'll tell anybody about that moment. Because for one, that moment doesn't define me. And for two, that God used that moment in a powerful way. And I want to share that moment in order for others to see God working through that moment of my weakness, that moment of my vulnerability. This song is almost written from the perspective of God speaking to us. And I wanted to play this song for you in order to remind you that in our mundane, in our brokenness, in our fragility, in those moments that we feel undesirable, that our God is calling to us and taking us deeper and has a plan and purpose that goes far beyond all this. So the name of the song is A Little Is Enough, and the name of the band is Angels and Airwaves.
Where are those secrets now that you're too scared to tell? Heavy heart, each and every moment of our lives matters. And each and every moment of our life, the Lord can use. I wanted to share one more memory that came to my mind as I was just thinking about all that we've talked about today. I remember during the hardest time of my life, my parents were getting divorced. There was just a lot of brokenness going on. And me and my mother's relationship was not very strong at this time. And I just found out a lot that was going on within my family, a lot of things going on through the divorce that that just broke me. And I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And I remember this one specific day that I asked my mom if I could just not go to school that day. And I guess she knew that I was just very heavy and hurt. And she's like, yeah, sure. And I remember that me and my mom, for lunch, we went out to a Chinese restaurant. And as we were there at the Chinese restaurant, I remember just feeling so much tension inside my heart towards my mom. So I'm sitting here at a Chinese restaurant, and as we are eating, I don't remember us really talking much, but I remember that the owner of this Chinese restaurant was a follower of Christ, and he would play music that was centered on Christ on the loudspeakers of this restaurant. And as I was sitting there at this restaurant, I heard this song, and it was a song by Jeremy Camp, and the name of the song was Healing Hands of God, The Healing Hands of God. And I remember as I was sitting there, very broken, very vulnerable, very hurting, I remember as I was sitting there, very confused, I was, my heart was in such a ripe place to allow the Lord to speak into my situation, my hurt. And as I was sitting there listening to the words of this song, it was almost like that moment I had back in seventh and eighth grade as I was listening to the song that I shared with you, where it's like the Lord speaking to me. And as I was sitting there at this restaurant, very overwhelmed, the lyrics were just hitting my heart. And I remember that I kind of like wrote down some of the lyrics in that moment because I wanted to look up that song later. And I remember getting home and immediately I went into one of the rooms of my house. I got away from uh, my family and I got into this room in my house and I looked up on YouTube this song and I just put this song on repeat, on loop. And I remember that this was like the very first time that I ever felt the presence of God. The very first time I ever felt the peace and the comfort and just this overwhelming sense outside of my external circumstances that everything would be okay. And I remember as this song was on loop, the Lord was just ministering to my heart. And it was a month later that I finally got to that point where I cried out to Jesus. I said, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I can't live this life on my own. And Jesus, if you can do something in my life, you can have it. (laughs) But it's crazy because all of those moments led me to that moment in June, including this moment where this song was ministering to me. Heavy Heart, I just want to end today's episode playing this song. May we not be afraid to do what the woman at the well did and say, look, I don't care if me sharing about my hurt, my struggles, my weakness, I don't care if that makes you think less of me. I want you to see Jesus through the wounds. I want you to see Jesus through my brokenness. I want you to see Jesus through the things that I don't want to share. May we not just share with others 
the things that we feel like they need to see. But may we give it all to our God saying, God, use it all and point everyone to you. Even if that comes against what people think of me. May we live life honest and vulnerable saying, Lord, I am yours. I have seen the many faces of fear and of pain. I haven't watched the tears fall plenty from heartache and strain. So if life's journey has you weary and afraid, there's rest in the shadow of his wings. I have walked through the valleys, the mountains and plains. I have held the hand of freedom. That washes all my stains If you feel the weight of many trials And burdens from this world There's freedom in the shelter of the Lord I have seen The healing hand of God Reaching out And mending broken hearts and see the fullness of his peace and hold on to what's been held out the healing hand of God I have touched the scars upon his hands